Nice. Just make sure everything is good to go. So you do more in-person than remote interviews? I prefer in-person, honestly. Well, I get that, but how many people are able to fly across the country? I mean, (laughs) not too many. Like, honestly, the people that don't live within the tri-state area, I'll either just wait until I'm going to their city or wait for them to come to New York. And then from there, it's just like, hey, let's just link up and do a cover or just link up, have some drinks, and we'll do the interview and... So you'd rather do that. You'd rather just like wait until you're physically there in person than to do it remotely. You see, here's my thing. That's really interesting. You I'm learning all sorts of things today. Yeah. Like for me, I, I prefer the in-person. By the way, I, I prefer to talk to you through this than like that. Uh-huh. It's like butter. It's like it's it's just right clarity, there. You don't, you don't have to like think too hard. It's it's all there. I'll take this with me when I walk upstairs. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, like I would rather the in-person interviews mm-hmm. as opposed to like I don't know, like doing it remotely only because remote interviews, they're just, there's a delay. They're not that fun. It, it doesn't feel like a natural conversation due to the delay. And it's just like when, when, I'm, when I do like video interviews, I know that I'm not being my full authentic self, you know? Well, yeah, I totally get that. Um, I mean, it's pretty admirable that you, you go to such great lengths, but uh, um. I mean, I, honestly, I, I just, I connect my phone to this, uh, what's this app? Uh, IvyCam. I don't even know if it's frankly I'm not secure. So IvyCam, it's literally free and mm-hmm. it just, it, there's no latency mm-hmm. and you can connect it to OBS and it, the audio is virtual, almost perfect. I mean, I can even send you some samples. Got you. So yeah, send me that. If you can, just yeah. try to talk into the mic as much as yeah. you can. Okay. Just didn't want to spit on your mic. I'm generally sensitive about when people... Yeah. Asher, come on, man. I'm making out with my mic, you know what I mean? <laughs> come on, man. You're in the same space, man. I, I, I'm a if, space kind of guy. Oh, How's that? Man. Is that good? That's can you perfect. Hear the hisses? I don't hear any, any hisses. Do you hear any hisses? No, no. I mean like the S. Oh, oh no. The pleasant hisses, yeah. The, the highs oh, and the lows, the detail. There you go. There you go. You're good. That's what I mean. You're good. Man. I'm a You're studio good, guy. Man. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome to the Matt Violinist Podcast. We are here with a very, very special guest. I'm going to let our guest introduce himself. Hmm. You're not talking about me, are you? Uh, yes, yeah. I am talking about you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> well, she's great here, too. Uh, my name is Asher. Who uh, are you? <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? No. Absolutely not. She's shy. <laughs> let her be shy. I'm camera shy. All right. Well, it's nice to meet you. Likewise. Um, Matt, thanks for having me here. This is, uh, it's a pleasure. Just sitting in the studio and hearing you through these beautiful mics. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to wine, have you, man. In the wine cellar, kind of romantic. Um, my don't my get, name is, don't don't get any ideas. Yeah, my name cool. is Ashley, like I mentioned, <laughs> and uh, I'm an electric violinist, composer, producer, live performer, and schmoozer, professional schmoozer. That's part I, of our job too. Yeah, um, and I'm enjoying it. It's, it's good. I like to shoot the breeze. I like to talk to people who are kind of like minded, and uh, that's me in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into the violin? Um, well, um, my mother claims that I chose it cause I looked up to my older brother who's about six years old who played violin, mm-hmm. um, was doing concertos and everything. And I, uh, I just thought, Hey mom, I want to play that. So I was about two and a half. Uh, it was probably in pretty, pretty too, pretty much in way too intense, uh, to start that young. Um, started on Suzuki on a little box violin, rubber band serving the strings just to get the fingering. And then when I was like three, I had these little acoustic violins, um, kind of grew mm-hmm. through the Suzuki method mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's sort of just learned the classical, the traditional classical rap. Yeah, yeah so, the stuffy classical uh, rap. Yeah. Um, and I kind of let that, I'm not going to say that I let that go, but I kind of shifted a little more into popular hip hop improv improvisation, mm -hmm. so on and so forth by high school. Got you. So before we move on to high school, you said that you thought that too was too tender of an age to pick up the violin. I think it was a little intense. Uh, I, I have some tough memories as a, as a child um, learning the instrument. Uh, many days crying over the etudes at a pretty young age. I, I guess it depends on what you can handle. You see, you know? I started at nine. So I started pretty late in the game, if you ask me personally. I wouldn't say that's late. <laughs> For, I, honestly, you, you know what it is? The training that I had, I'm not saying that it didn't suffice for where I was at that time. Um, but as you know, the, the classical field is super competitive. So if you want to compete. That's you, why I don't compete. It, exactly. That's why I don't compete either. Because I don't know, man. It takes Why the, play the game? Exactly. It, to, to me, not to say that that classical training doesn't help. But it's like for the sake of com competing, the earlier the better. You know? So it was just interesting that you say that because I always tell people the, the exact opposite. Like I, I have people come up to me all the time saying that like, oh, I have my three-year-old. He wants to start playing. I don't know if he's too young. I'm like, listen, as difficult of an instrument and as finicky of an instrument as the violin is, the early, earlier you put your son on, the better. It's true in a sense. I agree <clears throat> with respect to fingering and training. Uh, if you're in my situation, you have health problems. It is not ideal. Um, I, I've had tremendous strain on my spine and on just my spinal alignment mm -hmm. over the years since you know we're talking formative developmental years mm -hmm. like your back's kind of tilted your yeah especially the upper cervical part of the spine mm -hmm. so, so that's my two cents i, I don't want to dig if i if i pry too hard you can always tell me to, to you could just say uncle i'm an open book um scoliosis like like what, um, what, what, what is the condition? yeah i mean that that's the word that comes to mind i i don't i haven't been diagnosed specifically with that but when you're as you know mm -hmm. uh when you're in this sustained kind of position holding the instrument up and you're already having you're starting you already do, you already have weak muscles to begin with weak back muscles and nobody's mm -hmm. telling you how to fix that because mm -hmm. you know your, your teacher isn't a isn't a physical therapist doesn't know any better uh <laughs> You just uh, it kind of starts to um, hyper contract. So you hyper extend um, the muscles by the by the rib cage, I guess, mm -hmm. and hyper contract above uh, by the shoulder. Mm. So the muscles sort of get a little bit larger um, than they should be, mm -hmm. for lack of a better description. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It, it's Start funny to get inflamed. It's it's funny too. I tell tell people all the time if you pick up that instrument, pick up the violin. Your body, you have to commit everything to it. Yeah. Your body's going to change. Like, literally, like, even when I'm in, like, a relaxed mode, my shoulders come in now instead of, like, just being perfectly aligned and everything. So, yeah. I, that, that was just interesting because any, any violinist, any violist that I know, we all have some sort of Problem, back issue. issue. yeah. Some sort of back issue, some sort of major tension issue. Mm. And for what? <laughs> the instrument steals our soul. That's yes, what it is. It does. That's it, right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you said that you was crying practicing those etudes. I'm like, oh, man, I, I know the feeling. Oh, I know the yeah. feeling. Yeah. Long hours. And it wasn't even long hours compared to these, these kids who go to Juilliard. I mean, a bunch of my friends, a bunch of my peers went, went there and they ended up as teachers. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's not my calling. That's a whole, nah. 
I, you know, I keep getting calls. And I'm just like, nah, maybe like when I'm 90, 90, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the performance as long as I humanly mm-hmm. possibly can. Um, but I was saying something in regards to before I dozed off there. No, it's fine. You, you, you were jumping mm-hmm. into, uh, the spinal alignment. I think you were t- jumping into middle school or high school. Yeah. I, well, I was saying a bunch of stuff, but, um, I mean, no, but, but you were mentioning the classical and then moving into like improv. I don't even it, No, It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Where were we on. going with that? It's fine. It's fine. Um, I mean, we're human, man. We jump around with these conversations. All I the just time. have so much to, sh- to share in such a short period of time. Um, especially with you, because mm-hmm. like you understand where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and, um, and it's kind of cool talking to somebody who like understands the physical and even emotional strain of the instrument. Y- y- there's a major yeah. emotional strain. Yeah. Major. Uh, yeah. Those, those uh, aside from the ages, it's like Paganini. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's painful on the arms and the fingers. Honestly, I stopped at a point. Most times it's painful in the eyes first. Um, one, one th- people don't understand how intimidating music can be just off the sight of it. So you look at the first few measures, then you look at you look at one part where you just see all black lines. So you're gonna be flying through these passages. Look at the tempo. It's just like, uh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, all right. The sight reading can be challenging for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I mean, I, I like the challenge of sight reading. Uh, I found that there's too much like kind of just by the book type of performance, um, which is one of the reasons why I kind of left ensembles and and the orchestras. Um, and don't really anticipate going back. Um, even though really what inspired me initially was my aunt and the, the Boston Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like wanted to be like her. But there, there's something kind of cool. It's not just being just egocentricity related, wanting to play on my own or wanting to play with like a smaller group. It's also the feeling that I want to I want to bring something new. I don't just want to be like expensive wallpaper at an event. I want to like bring something that's unique that people actually want to hear like mm-hmm. original music or my original take on a cover or just like an original, original presentation that, Hey guys, here's a violin that is different than what you're typically accustomed to seeing. Here's an electric violin. Here's like an LED. Here's a violin that fits within the context of popular music, top forties, electronic music, right? Jazz hip hop. Like here's, here's, Here's a here's a musical performance you have never heard before because it is by nature it is improvisation mm-hmm. by definition mm-hmm. it is not reading off sheet music it's different every time every single time every single time and and it's crazy too so essentially essentially what you're saying is instead of bringing everybody back to you know a classical era we're bringing the music the classical instrument into our interpretation of the modern era and you know what's funny about mm-hmm. that. There are actual haters out there. Of course there are. Have you noticed them? You probably have. Of course I do. <laughs> I don't think the fans do, but like we do. No, the, the number one hater starts with professors. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I get maybe because they see it as somewhat of a, of a challenge to what they're doing. The theory, I don't see it that way. You know, I, I see this as an extension, as like an adaptation to modern music. There was only one professor that really embraced the fact that I, I, I didn't stick to the script. And again, I understand why they want you to st- stick to the script, but uh, uh, what, how can I say it? Aside from just learning the instrument, I think the part that's most important about playing the violin or any string instrument is your interest to want to play. You see? So it's just like seeing that somebody has a potential of 10. Th- th- this is like how I see it. I had a potential of 10 out of 10, right? That's what my, what my uh, professor saw. 
So I think in order to get me to stick to the instrument, they need to bring that potential down to my level, how I see it. So at that time, that might have been a three, right? Interesting. So when you bring, if you don't bring it down to the three, now my interest level might completely dissipate. Because you're trying to get me up here so like so high, not to say that I can't get there and I won't, but it's just like my interest isn't at a ten, it's at a three. Do you mm. know how to relate to me mm. at my level for somebody that you're trying to keep on this instrument? You know, I tell people all the time, like it is especially aspiring musicians, violinists. Um, I tell them like if you want to learn, if you want to learn and, and like have an inner drive and feel passionate about the music and not have somebody just shoving it down your throat, which is the worst possible way to learn. You know, you, you should really you, you find music that 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 you feel an affinity towards. Right. But the, the part that's tough now is that that's your responsibility. That's the student's responsibility for a yeah. student that doesn't know that your interest is essentially on you. Why isn't exploring new genres, new new avenues of this instrument? Mm-hmm. Why isn't that that part of the curriculum? You see what because I'm saying? Because it is. In the words of some sacrilegious, have you ever heard that phrase? Sacrilegious, blasphemous. I've heard. I've heard it all. I love that. Whenever, I've heard it all. Whenever I see like a bot post like a comment on like my Instagram or my Facebook, I'm like, that's sacrilegious. I'm like, okay. <laughs> do you <laughs> sure have something is. else better to do? Like, yeah, the violin is not under my chin. That's my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. it should be under your chin. Like, people gotta get so angry, you know. And it's like, well, first of all, you don't know my history. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know my back history. You don't know my history of adrenal insufficiency. If you did, you probably wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is. It's a blessing that I don't have to hold it, that I can still play classical or still play real fast jazz mm-hmm. and not have to hold it under my shoulder, under my chin. And some of the most talented musicians I know do not hold it under under the chin. And they went to conservatory, they're classically trained, they do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole invention, the original invention of the violin, it's just such a strain. It's such a hassle to the back. It's not natural. It should be that way. It's not a natural instrument to play at all. It's at not. All. So like people should be a little more forgiving. Um I'm, yeah. You think so? People are institutions that are pushing that like notion of, okay, you're challenging the conventional classical world, and therefore this is sacrilegious. And it's just like, it's really not. I'm just not doing what's... We're keeping violin alive is what we're doing. Of course. Because it's just Which like... Which they should appreciate. What, what is the point of me picking up that instrument if I can't interpret anything the way that I, that I see it? Everything has to stick to the script? I don't think there would be enough listeners. I don't think there's enough of, I don't think people have enough patience or attention span, honestly, to listen to traditional classical Mozart, Bach, as, as beautiful and as ingenious as they are. Mm-hmm. There aren't enough people, especially with like the competition out there with the major labels, the music that they're pushing. So it's like, you want to keep the instrument alive, show, show the versatility of the instrument, bring it into the other genres. Right. I agree. I agree because it's just like, I was born and raised listening to reggae, soca, dance hall, classical music. I, I listened to an, an array of music, mm. but not until I paired the violin to reggae, soca, dance hall, hip hop, and R and B that I was just like, "This is, this is actually pretty cool." And what's what's crazy is too, your audience will show you whether or not it's valuable or not right away. I think, yeah, and, and, and also, I, I think they'll, um, the more they hear and the more they see it, I think the more of an affinity they'll have towards it, and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll feel like, okay, we don't necessarily need to hear vocals all the time. We don't. We really don't. No, we don't. We, we definitely don't. And, and it's, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, I want to hear what you're going to say, but also, because it's like, uh, part, part of my argument in that is, mm-hmm. why do you need 
the, why do you need somebody to tell you a narrative for, for a song? Why can't you project your own narrative onto a song? I think there's a beauty to that. Mm. I agree. I definitely agree. Do you go back and forth with those kind of people, Asher? Like, I think you can tell that I do. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't know. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't give them lip. That kind of thing. Does, does it bother now. you internally, though? It bo- the yeah yeah. It shouldn't. I should just be happy doing what I do. Um, I, it, I guess I, I guess I go there because I want people to feel. I don't see a universal passion mm-hmm. for the instrument. I see it as like niche, and I, I really want to see more, mm-hmm. more of like an enthusiasm for the instrument, okay. instead of like this like, add-on to like a performance. But what? Are, tell me your thoughts. No, I, I, it's just it's interesting hearing the internal battles of another violinist because I have them too. Okay. Oh, you know, I, I definitely think so. have them too. Okay. For for me, you know what I, you nice know what I've hear. been telling people for like the last month. Hatred is probably one of the best things to motivate you to get to do something. It's not oh, a good guider. It's, it, hatred doesn't guide you well. Or, or like, like hatred or disappointment, mm. anything, things of that nature. Hatred, disappointment, frustration, it's great to motivate you to get started to do something. So even with small comments like, like what you're referring to, I've had people say snide, snood comments all the time to me too. So it's just like, you know what? There, there's hater was with every genre of music. Yeah, I mean, but you it, see that with every it, it's, performer. It, it is a motivation though. It it motivates me to 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 essentially, for lack of better terms, like have my foot on the neck of people as far as like what I put out, how hard I go, how often you see me. That like, evokes really intense images. <laughs> no, but it's it's the truth. No, because it just makes me think of the you know. It's really the truth, and it's it's so funny that you said that too because um, there, there's a handful of people that that have this idea, this preconceived notion of who I am because I play the violin. And then when they hear me speak, if they hear me speak or eavesdrop on a conversation, they're almost like taken back by it. Like, I thought you were like a gentleman and everything. I'm just like, who the hell told you that? I just happen to play an instrument that's circled around like goodness, if you will. But I'm still Uh. a regular human being. I'm still just like you do. Interesting. I'm, I'm ranting now. I don't want to rant. No, no, no. I, I, I like hearing rant. ranting. But it's, it's, I've it's, been doing it all week. Listen, man. I get it. But but that being said, the whole vibe that I try to give off is is love, appreciation. Um, I mean, even even some of my biggest fans are like hypercritical, which is weird. It's like they buy my merch, but like if I post something that's like slightly, like about I don't know, slightly, uh, not even not even controversial. Just people get offended really easily. How do you? How you do you be, feel? What are your thoughts on criticism, unsolicited criticism? I ask, I solicit criticism, but like, but, but like meaningful, not like hater criticism, not like, oh, that's sacrilegious kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I invite critiques so that I can play and produce music for my listeners. Otherwise, why, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just play a bunch of corporate events, which I do anyway, for people who could care less about, mm-hmm. you know, the music. It's just background, you know? Kind of got you. I'm. I'm. That's not. My, that's not where my passion lies. Yeah. See, I, passion I ask, lies is with the listeners, with the people I who want to hear the music. The only reason why I ask because a lot of people have things to say about what I do and how I do it, and how I take criticism. So there have been multiple cases where people people will come up to me, DJ side or violin side, like, oh, I want to offer you some critiques. I'm just like. So it depends on how they're delivering the it, critique. No, for for me, I don't think it. I don't think it depends on that. I'm not saying that they they have no valuable information. For me, the people that I allow to critique me are yeah. the people that I select. 
See what I'm saying? It's just like, okay. okay. And these aren't people that just... What are your thoughts? What are... Yeah. I, I think about it this way. Like, they, I have coaches. You see what I'm saying? If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm an actual basketball player, I have a coach. I listen to my coach. I'm not necessarily listening to the thousands of people in the stands. Although you might love the game, you might not see it from the same perspective of somebody who was at one point played it and understands how to play this game from a X and O standpoint. You True. see what I'm saying? True. So in my head, I'm just like, I don't even want to listen to you. Not to say that you that you don't know what you're talking about, mm. but it's just like... So if somebody's <sighs> like, do you think, you know, we're at a cocktail here. We want to speak. Could you please lower the volume? Like, that's just, that's a different story. That's like, okay. I tell them no. Please. I yeah. tell them no. I tell them no right to their face. I don't I, even... I don't, start a, I don't start an argument. I'm just like, okay, sure. You know, but the clients, the person paying the bill is really... But that's, that's my point. I'm they, listening to. They've paid me to hear me. Yeah. You know, the person that says something like that is just, they're just there to network or, and I, they're not there to listen to your music. So that's a different story. If it's something like, you know, a, a, somebody who's an enthusiastic listener doesn't like certain, uh, certain style of music you played, like I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to listen and I'm going to kind of incorporate someone into my repertoire. Mm -hmm. I want to sort of factor it in. It, it's helpful to take surveys. You know, that's what companies do. That's what businesses do. They, and they adapt accordingly. I'm, I'm they don't so, listen to everybody, but they adapt accordingly. So if, it's tough for me. That's that's so I know, tough for I, me. I know, and it's tough for me. But it's 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 a learning, developing game for me because mm -hmm. I realize that it's like there's a lot of music I don't want to play, but if there's demand for it, and there's people who would pay attention to me, and would buy my music or stream my music or share it, mm -hmm. it's it's worth sucking it up a little bit, even if it's painful. I, I guess it depends on what lens you're looking at it at. Like for me, because I'm assuming you're looking at it from um, a, a, a business kind of move. I mean, you have to. It's a, if you're doing it full time. I don't think you have to. I really don't think so. You don't have to see it as a business? Not completely. Because what to me, what's the business if I'm, if I'm not being my authentic self? You, didn't, you weren't drawn to me because I was being, because I was being the, the variation of me that you wanted me to be. I was being myself the entire time. Well, but when it comes to a client, you're doing what they're asking you to do, right? Because they're paying the bill. Well, that that's part of the reason why we have consultations. I, like, I'll tell them if there's something that I'm not comfortable doing, I'm mm -hmm. like, listen. Yeah, within I'll reason. do everything else, but this here, hmm. this is trash. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just not. It's it doesn't scream at violinist. It has doesn't have much melody to it. I can't really cover you're it. You're right. You, you know see what I'm saying? And it's like on top of that, it's not yeah, me. You're right. You're right. Um, and my analogy to it is this. You wouldn't hire the Wu-Tang Clan to do Box Greatest Hits. You wouldn't hire the Wu-Tang Clan to play Box Greatest Hits. Box Greatest Hits. Greatest hits. Do you see what I'm saying? You want Wu-Tang to come out to be Wu-Tang. Okay, right. So I, I, find, I find bad suggestions to be irritating. So I'm going to give you that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, there are a lot of bad suggestions. Um, not as much my listeners on like when I go live on Facebook, for instance, I mean, they're not like amazing suggestions all the time. Some of them are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, the, 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 the worst, sir, if that's the word suggestions, I'm just going to say, are, it's okay. I'm not judging him. <laughs> I man. can't think of it. We're, we're violators. We mess up all the time. The, the, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not judging. Well, bro. I do. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> they, you know, that are usually from the clients. <laughs> like, mm. well, how about this? But generally my clients are pretty, pretty sensitive anyway, but I'm saying, I'm talking more like in the, the, the context of a concert. Mm. I want to know. I want to know generally. I'd like to try to get a survey if that's possible of the people who are there because like they're there to solely focus on you. You don't want to just play to a dead crowd. 
it's I have so many theories on this. When it comes to like concerts, are these your personal concerts? Yeah. See, my thing is this. I think performance is like and Joe Rogan has said this before too, and and I agree this with this. This feels like Joe Rogan, by the way. And it's probably because of the microphones. <laughs> so He's a he's, cool guy. He he is. Even he's, though I he doesn't know me. I don't know him, but not yet. He's a cool guy. Not yet. Not yet. After this interview, damn it, he's gonna be maybe. Joe, maybe, you hear maybe. this? If you're listening to this, give me a ring. My number <laughs> is yeah. What were you saying? So, performance is essentially a live hypnosis. That's what Joe was saying. So it's just like paraphrasing out of that to like what I know about performance, especially when it comes to DJing. They're not coming, like, your audience is not coming there to give suggestions to please them. It's just almost as if you're grabbing them by their collar and you're telling them, this is what you're hearing tonight. Then you push them back and you mm. tell them to just sit, sit down and behave, but they enjoy it. You know, for lack of better terms, it's, like, it's just like, I don't know. When I, when I approach my performances, I do my best to think about it like a Tyson fight. It's, it's just quick, dirty, and it's going to hit you hard, mm. you know? And... When I do it that way, what I'm ultimately doing is just maintaining their attention span. We have very short attention spans, especially now. Oh, my God. It gets harder and harder. So, Thank so, you, TikTok. Exactly. So I try my best to like divert their bad attention span and mine, too, to fit best at, in a performance and it, Yeah, and it takes a certain amount of internal confidence. And, and that's a bit of a deficiency of mine because I'm very reactive and responsive to other people, their facial expressions, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I don't like take it so personally, but I'm re reactive in that. I, like I, I want to play to please. Mm -hmm. And you can't not see that. You can't not see the frown like, or somebody doing mm -hmm. this. Or... It's frustrating. Well, I, it doesn't happen too often. I'm generally pretty mm -hmm. sensitive, but like I, it's frustrating when like it, what's worse. Yeah. I, I, people aren't rude, but people are like a certain level of rudeness is like turning your back to, to like standing right in front of a musician or just like schmoozing like right in front of them. I don't know. I'm talking, I'm, I'm mixing and matching like different types of performance mm -hmm. situations. If you're on a big stage, like when I'm doing a show at like master theater lights and, and stuff everywhere, I'll just dance my ass off and I don't really care what people think. Cause like they're sitting there in the seats. It's like they're watching a movie. You don't even have to like impress anybody. Cause they're sort of like, you sort of like earned it mm -hmm. being there. Mm -hmm. on that stage if it's a smaller venue it's a little more pressure right right and i think that, i don't I, like I think, doing the small venues I, I think you know what it is intimacy as a as a musician for me is probably the most difficult thing about pro small performances like if i'm doing like a a, a dinner of of two or four and every and those oh, well, four people are just sitting small. there staring at you that's that's uncomfortable <laughs> those are the hardest events for me to do <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like they expect you to play longer. It's like if you do a show, like a club type thing, it's like, okay, 30 minutes and then you're off. And then like, there's, you know, whatever, a hundred, 150 people in the room. Mm -hmm. It's less stressful. Um, yeah. One or two, I, I try not to take those gigs too often, but you can't always control it. See, and I think the toughest part about it is that there's no place to hide. In terms of when you're in that if, scenario. Right. So if I'm playing in front of, 15,000 and it's a huge stage i, I can hop into 15,000 yet hopefully soon what, what's what's the, the i would say gap? maybe like 10 oh no you're still there you're still there it's, just, it's still the That's same another ballpark. five 5k That's yeah a lot of people yeah you're still there but it's just like i can hide behind the fact that the stage is so big that i can now move in in a, yeah. in a space where it's just intimate for people there's nowhere for me to go even if you close your eyes you can feel everybody like just right up on you yeah. 
you could do your best to try to get lost in the music, but those other feelings essentially drown out your ability to, to just focus on the music. Have you considered saying no to all the little like romantic events and just focus on the, like I only accept larger like productions or concerts, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Has, has the thought cro crossed your mind? It has, it it's has, crossed those, mind. Cause, because honestly, those events don't really represent me the best. What the big concerts? No, the smaller intimate events. Right. You know, a big part of what I do is the fact that I can move a large group of people. Not to say that the two aren't move, moved or the four aren't moved, but the best results come with this kind of formula. Stage, X amount of people, yeah. DJ, yeah. Wh whatever. That's, that's where I do the best, you know? So I always want to give people the best possible product. So depending on what they want for these small intimate dinners, there's a chance that I may like, do it. But there's also a chance that I might turn it down for that reason. Because I already know that's not the space for the best possible product. Yeah. Everything that you see of me is in, you know, the best form of it. You know, live performance videos, like cover videos, those are all best case scenarios. Mm. You know? So if you bring it to a small event, you're downscaling it. Yeah. You know? Also, people pay, pay less attention. They're, they're much more, like, much more interested in the performance mm -hmm. when the setting is conducive to the performance i agree so i agree this is why i have all sorts of crappy artists out there with the ideal performance venue and setting and people are like wow but they're literally doing nothing they're flipping eggs behind the yeah pretty much pretty much the booth you see that snl on that one that's oh my god if you didn't i gotta send you the link <laughs> please send There's... me i'm not i'm not an snl fan oh my god like... the, the only thing about snl that i love <clears throat> is just keenan keenan legit the best part about SNL are the gifts that come out of Keenan's facial expressions. Yeah. That's to me, that's it. He <laughs> well, like it's all about it's all in the, the facial expressions. <laughs> that, that's, that's that's where the humor is. Exactly. Will exactly. Ferrell, I mean <laughs> guy's hilarious. Jesus Christ. But anyway, Asher, do you have anything new coming out? Any new projects or anything? Uh, Atlantis so Atlantis just came out. Um that's uh that's that's a song I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. It's uh it, it is uh, it's an original production that uh, and I did a little bit of fan fundraising and um, the music video shot out Maui Hawaii um, had a blast out there just like kind of showing the scenery but really the like the underlying vibe behind the song was pretty much the story of my life for the last couple of decades mm -hmm. um, the ups and downs the um, and sort of like kind of rolling with the punches there, there's a lot of depth behind the song it is instrumental mm -hmm. um, but my, my life sort of inspired sort of sparked that song and that that's something I want to kind of welcome listeners to check out if they haven't already. And um, and I am in the middle of two collaborations, one with an artist who's uh, Los Angeles, another one who a vocalist, a vocalist. Here we go. After we after we were just talking about how important instrument instrumentalists are, this is a way to branch out. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm I've created a I've worked with another vocalist, um, I don't know, Midwest, amazing amazing uh, singer, uh, on a vocal version of Gratitude, which is my instrumental original um check it out on spotify itunes um and uh, you know she's super picky which is good because it means the product's gonna be good like i'm ready for it to just go out now but she's like we're going back and forth okay how do we make this even better um so yeah long story short uh, i'm doing some collabs i'm always interested in collabs um and uh, i'm pretty much pumping out like like a single a month or so uh in between all the performances which is pretty pretty exhausting that's beautiful <laughs> frankly that's yeah. that's actually beautiful a, a, a project a month 
it, it's real hard. It, oh, I, I know it, it is. It's and it's not exactly what I want, but the listeners want. They get real short, short attention spans, mm-hmm. and they want they want more. They always want more, and so you see, and I and I think that. that's beautiful. The fact that like we're polar opposites in that in that sense. You do less. You focus. I on... I do way less. Like so, after this, I'm I'm gonna show you a song a song or two if you have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just don't believe in keeping up with them. You know, I I think a a major part for me mm-hmm. of of what makes the songs that I write. Mm-hmm beautiful and 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 really listenable mm-hmm. it's the fact that i have the ability to relate i can't relate if i'm not living you know so it's just like my life and my experiences aren't necessarily conducive to the to the wants and needs to a fan you know like like no offense but yeah. it's just like i want to make sure that like what i'm putting out thoroughly represents me yeah and 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 i i i got a hats off to you that mm-hmm. that is i i respect that mm-hmm. um so the counter argument is, and, and I don't think you should necessarily change that. Uh, for me, what goes on in my head is I got a lot of music I want to produce. I got a lot of just even just clients, promoters, people that like give me ideas and people. And I see that there are different types of walks of life listeners that that want to hear different types of music. And I want to show them my range. I want to show them like, OK, people that are like only listening to bluegrass. I don't I don't want to feed them uh, EDM classical. Like they don't want to hear that. Right. But they want to hear me play the violin. They like my live stream. So it's like, I want to make a song for them. Um, and there are like a ton of people who listen to Bollywood. And then many of them are clients of mine. They mm. love to just fly me different places. And so I don't want to neglect that either. Like they want to just hear Bollywood. So I try to produce like I just wrote on Lambian is a song I just, just released last month. I want them to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to know that I, like I'm connected with them and I, I, I don't want to like kind of lose them. And I think in the process of them listening to Rods and Lamian, they'll listen to Atlantis, mm-hmm. which I'm really passionate about. I'm not really so passionate about Rods and Lamian. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm coming from. That's, that's why I do what I do. It's, it's, it's just so cool. Latinos, to just... Israelis, mm-hmm. like this huge range of listeners. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of music to, to, create especially without instruments because our instrument can pretty much cross over to any genre really exactly and anything. that's an advantage we have exactly exactly we can do that's how we, we show want. our range yeah I, I don't know it's just so interesting to me man like how although we all play the same instrument we all have different views and different flavors and different takes and everything and, yeah. I, th- and I think that's the beautiful part about the networking aspect of you learn something new something really really new yeah really new yeah I always think like, you know, oh yeah, everybody thinks like me. And it's like, then I start talking to other, other folks and, and I've probably spoken with a ton of producers this, this past month, just, just through interviews alone. It's like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. Opens and, up my mind. And it's so, it's so weird because that idea of just like playing every genre. Have I thought about that? I'm like, yeah, I have. But now speaking to you about it, there's, there's a, I have new information on it, you know? So And, and, and go for it. You know, uh, it might make you happy. It might, might piss you off. I don't know. Like, um, I'll tell you the part that will piss you off, pisses me off, um, <clears throat> is just always chasing, always chasing like a new kind of song or a new whatever. Like there's something beautiful about it, but there's also something like frustrating about, well, I have all these other songs on the shelf here. Why don't you listen to them? Mm-hmm they want this that that the other thing um and and it's a struggle it's an internal struggle for me it and i think i i think i hit that point when i was doing when i was putting out content every day mm-hmm. every single day i literally called it daily dose i don't know how wait we didn't even talk about this how did you even 
like discover me like because you you found me asher i i I know and and that's that's even interesting you do uh, you do some really cool stuff i mean thank you first of all uh dj violin we're cut from the same cloth in that regard Mm -hmm. uh and there are so many violins i've like tried to convince to do it and they're like i don't really have time or they they just kind of want to stick to um you know just ensembles and like i'm saying people that are capable of making that transition that shift mm. it's like to me it doesn't seem too hard just like you put you, you learn to mix but it is it is hard no for it, a lot it, of it is difficult it, it is, is difficult, difficult and we just i've been doing it for a while and i guess you've been doing it for a while so and it's necessary that we do do it mm. uh considering the context of like the events the range of events that we that we do and not everybody wants to hear just violin some people and it gives us a break frankly mm. it's mm. A, it's a lot to have like when you're doing an event it's a lot to just always be in the spotlight as a violinist and people again they have short attention spans but if it's like if you're bringing them if you're live mixing you're like impressing that corner of the room and then that corner of the room wants to just hear the violin and then it's something really awesome about it it gives you the range to call audibles to call audibles so it's like if, if they're djing and playing violin if you see like there is a, a gap that you can fill if you have the ability to change up your, your backing tracks mm-hmm on demand yeah you essentially have the power to do whatever you want yeah during that performance yeah mm-hmm. you know I, 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 so so why did you start doing it it's probably the same answer as i have i have a joke a running joke with uh clients that i run into like what was the impetus like okay. what was it that I, I'll, I'll tell you yeah. i'll tell you uh the joke is this everybody that sees me perform they always come up to me they they say stuff like oh you probably love the violin i'm just like it's, it's okay but i've been djing the same amount of time i've been playing the violin mm-hmm. so DJing is my wife. The violin is like my baby mom's mm-hmm. that gets on my goddamn nerves every single day, but she's not going nowhere. Oh, the violin is. The violin is not going anywhere. That's that's my baby mom's. DJing is my wife. Like I love DJing to that's death. That's interesting. But, I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't think that that you saw it that way. Well, and that's it, your real passion. I mean, the music yeah. is the real passion. Period. Uh huh. I just think that I enjoy. DJing more because of the fact that I can call audibles because I don't have to stick to a script mm. you know I don't have to more. rehearse so intense mm-hmm. it's more like prep work mm-hmm. just making sure everything is aligned properly you know mm-hmm. where to find everything mm-hmm. making sure your loops are correct and mm-hmm. then the the beauty of DJing is when you get in front of people mm-hmm. now with all that prep work how are you now going to make these decisions to move these people mm. violin is more so like you, you're not only prepping but you're practicing and mm-hmm. you're committing to one thing uh yeah it requires generally a, speaking a lot of focus and a lot of yeah right so it's just like i've been at performances where i've i've prepped i had like four or five songs set up and maybe two or three out of those four or five didn't necessarily work the way i i anticipated them to mm-hmm. but i have to now commit to it that's not it's, on it's the dj side though if it's not working you just get out of it that being said the bigger the repertoire you have um the easier it is to literally just improv your way through a song through a predictable chord progression. Mm. Well, it's it's not it's not the chord progression itself because I play I play behind like a lot of back, backing tracks. So if, if yeah, I me have, too. If I have a five minute performance, I'm probably playing like six or seven songs within that five minute performance. So it's just like aside from the re- repertoire, it's just the the way you need two hands to play the in, to, to play the instrument. So if I'm really paying attention to the audience mm-hmm. and I see I have to make a change to make that change, it's now a major effort. I got to put the instrument down. 
Type this up real quick. There's the song. Or you now get into the next song, pick up the instrument again, and then go. It's not like that with DJing. It's just like you see, okay, I can go here. Yeah. On to the next. Yeah. It's quicker. So with it being quicker, you have a higher propensity to maintain the energy that you want in the room. Yeah. That's how I see it. For sure. Um, I mean, I I 100% agree with you. Um, I mean, everything just kind of depends on where the audience is at in terms of their expectation. Like you can, you can give them the same high as, as you can with, with DJing as you can with, uh, with violin, um, just depending on what their expectations are. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're in a room where people have different expectations, you gotta do both. I think (laughs) so. Otherwise, well, yeah, you got to do really DJ so. and violin. That's why you. That's why the violinist is like out there for ten minutes, and the DJ is out there for ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the DJs that book me, they're like, okay, you just go out there for like five, ten minutes, just like show your show your thing. Um, I mean, not everyone, but mm-hmm. some of them are that way because they maybe because they don't maybe because they find it irritating. <laughs> Think so? It can. Some honestly, them, it can. It can. One get of the reasons irritating. why I went off to DJing myself because yeah. I was like, well. Why do I need to be an irritating appendage to you? Right. <laughs> I'd rather right. just like show, like make it work. Mm. Put it down when I want to put it down. Yeah, it, it, listen, man, it can get a little, little sticky sometimes. Well, when some, some instrumentalists, they don't stop playing. So I totally get it. Like mm. I've, I've worked with some, I've done like dueling violin performances, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever dabbled in that. Um, with like really talented musicians, but like a couple of them are just, they don't stop playing. And it's like, you got to stop. Like it's getting annoying even for me and I'm a musician. You got to let it breathe. And, yeah. and, and you Space. know, <laughs> what's funny is too, I tell people that I'm more so of an entertainer before I'm a violinist or a DJ mm-hmm. and the entertainer side of me more so just reading crowds, reading people. Mm-hmm. You well, know, that's what a DJ is essentially. That's all they're doing upon to do. Yeah, that's that's your job. You make judgment calls based on what you think you see. We're in the crowd, yeah. And everybody can't do it. It's true. It also kind of helps to have a database online. Like you're not going to have a database of a million songs. I don't know if you you have this, but uh, you to have all these requests. You can literally keep. It's a difference between making and breaking, in my opinion, a, a dance set. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about that context. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you have this song? Like we didn't like. I read them wrong. They want to hear whatever uh, single from Drake. Like, oh yeah, I didn't have that in my catalog. I'm gonna go online and, and find it. It happens. So I find that that's very helpful for me. It, it happens, and, and you know, even the toughest part is making the adjustments. What you're referring to to me is just making those adjustments when you do or do not have a song. You know, and. Even if you don't have it, it's just like, can you still rock a crowd that wants to hear this one song, but you don't have it? I know I can. I figured it out. And the best way for me to do that is just like, if you don't have it, if that's my fault, it's on me. But if you don't have it because you just didn't know, you honestly just didn't know. I'm like, all right, cool. I just going to just move on. I can't mm. do anything about that. I'll have it for next time. I'm assuming you, you tend to just like pre-download all your music in advance. For the most part, yes. Mm. especially for like uh when it comes to like djing a lot of your work is all prep work i'll say like 80 percent of your work is all prep oh okay a few minutes okay <laughs> what, what time what time you, um, no yeah, i gotta i gotta get to the next one at like like quarter four okay so, like so a couple minutes we'll wrap it up yeah all right cool cool uh, so i can we'll, schmooze with you all day man. Yeah, I, listen man this is this is fun man <laughs> so we could do like another yeah. what would you say like three minutes or something yeah, like yeah that? sure sure you get up out of here man 
<laughs> but yeah, man, l- listen, I, I love these conversations. Yeah, man. nah, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's crazy within this short amount of time, like there's a lot that we can relate to, mm-hmm. a lot to like uh, really compare notes to, disagree mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's very, very interesting, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Like I, I do thoroughly enjoy these conversations. Mm-hmm. Hey, know? likewise. It's, it's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I definitely took, I definitely took a listen to some of your songs and everything. I'm like, Asher is dope. Thank you, sir. He's dope. I appreciate that. Yes, man. I'm, listen, I'm deeply touched. Listen, man. So just, just keep shooting, keep pushing and whatever you need my help on, bro, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. I appreciate that. Likewise. All right, man. Thanks for having me here. No problem. So give them your Instagram, your Twitter, yeah. all of your social media and everything. Where can they find you? So simplest way to find me is Asher Lob. I'm probably the only Asher Lob in the country as far as I've seen. Uh, so AsherLob.com, AsherLob on Instagram, AsherLob on Twitter, AsherLob Music on Facebook. Um, you can find me on all major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, AsherLob. And uh, YouTube, Asher, just look AsherLob. <laughs> you get the point, guys. <laughs> That's that. All right, guys, we are out of here. Matt Violinist Podcast. Till next time. All right.